hello, hello everyone. I'm back and we're still in Europe. This is another edition of Finding Calm in the Chaos. European vacation. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about Venice, Italy. We have left Austria and Slovakia and come on over to the boot country. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, everybody. Oh, my God. Denise Seth here. Okay. Can I just tell you? I am tired. <laughs> tired AF. Okay. So, I don't have sponsors while I'm on vacation. Um, and I have decided that it was probably, uh, well, first off, in reality, it was because um, I dropped the ball on securing somebody to lock in the month. Um, I have the rest of the months all set up, but in hindsight, um, I think it was because I um, needed to swear <laughs> on these. <laughs> just saying. Um, we are tired as fuck. Okay, can I just tell you? There's that. So we're going to talk about Venice today, but we are currently in Rome and we have two more days to go. And let me tell you, um, we're ready to go home. You know, vacations are awesome, but there's always a time that you go home and I don't care where you are. You just get tired, right? And you just want to go home. And I'm sure you guys are hearing background noises. Obviously, uh, we are in um, the Coliseum District and we are literally across the street from the Coliseum. We are, I am looking at the ruins of what is it? Palatine, uh, uh, Circus Circus is on the other side, Circus Maximus. I don't know what it's called. There's a lot of ruins out here and we're looking at them all. Uh, so we had a great time in Austria, but when it was time to go, we went to the station. And so I've talked about this before on the other two podcasts in that we, um, I try to plan for a travel day because with lupus and all these other autoimmune and just traveling with a kid, you have to take days to just stop because it's a lot of running around. Uh, we're not used to running around like this as Americans and, uh, plus we're toting luggage. So that gets to be a bit much. So we, <clears throat> we can't dictate the times that we get out of all the Airbnbs and the hotels. So we left the hotel at, um, we had the checkout at 11, but we had our, um, our train was the night train. So we had an almost a whole day to hang out and we're like, where are we going to do this? We're all too tired to walk. We're all too tired. You know, Pete's crabby. We just want to chill. And so we did it at the OBB train station. In Austria, in Vienna, I'm like, whatever, this is what we're doing. We ate some amazing food while we were there. Uh, had our last minute, you know, worst and our last minute, uh, their equivalent of this bologna sandwich. I, it's so freaking good. It's stupid. Uh, Peter, we hung out at the train station. People watched a little bit, um, a little because we had a sleeper car. We did have an opportunity to check into the OBB lounge. Um, 
So we waited until our allotted time to check in, which I believe is like an hour and a half before your train goes. And so we went in there and had, you know, beverages and some snacks and just chilled out and enjoyed the quiet and the relaxation that they had better seats, obviously. Um, and Peter handled that like a champ until it was time to, um, our board to board our train. So we took the night jet from Vienna to Venice and we rented, um, or basically booked, I should say a three sleeper car with a bathroom and a shower. So it was way bigger, um, than Mr. Sith and I had anticipated. We really thought it was going to be small. It was small. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it had three berths. Um, the top one, Peter didn't have any problems jumping up into the top berth. And from there, uh, Mr. Sith had bunk, middle bunk, and I had bottom bunk. I, I slept on and off, but I was in too much pain to really like sleep, sleep. If that makes sense. I don't sleep anyway. So it was like not too much of an issue, but at this point of the trip, um, I wasn't feeling it like I am now in Rome. So yeah, it was still okay. Um, I've set my clock for six 30 cause we were getting a breakfast and it came from Vienna. So we were going to get a, basically an Austrian breakfast, which is sausages and salamis and stuff like that, uh, with bread and yogurt. So I wound up getting up at like 5.15 instead and Lyft just got up and lifted the blind. They give you like little slippers and stuff like that and uh, just pulled the seat out of the corner. Uh, it's kind of like a little bench seat that you could pull up and just sat there and like looked out the window and it was beautiful. Like we were going through Northern Italy at the time. And so all you can see were like landscapes of the mountains and the sun coming up between them. And it was all foggy because it's, it was just, it was majestic. Just seeing the different countrysides and having all that smoke, you know, cause you've got the, the sun's coming up. You've got the chill from the mountains. It was just really, really nice. And so just looking at all the different countryside up there as well was really pretty. Just all these little towns. Um, it was, it was just really pretty. The sites out here have been absolutely gorgeous and it's hard to actually, um, kind of capture the beauty on film sometime. So Pete got up, Mr. Sith got up. Uh, we watched for a little bit together before we woke Pete up so that he can see a little bit of it. We were, our breakfast came, um, so we ate that. And then that's when we came into Venice so we can see all the water and then going into, because obviously there's an outer Venice and there's like an inner Venice. Um, Venice itself consists of a ton of different islands. Um, not just the island that we know as Venice. Um, there's like Murano and Burano and a ton of it. There's literally, I think there's like 30 of them. But um, we, it was such a pretty sight to see it all. Um, so we got in and we had already arranged with our hotel. Uh, we stayed at La Conda Leon Bianca. There we go. I wanted to make sure I said that correct because it is a family owned um, hotel. It was actually not our first pick, but I think that was a godsend too, because it was fantastic. Um, family owned the son Enrico um, was pretty much at the deck, the, the, the desk, the entire time we were there. We had a private um, pickup at the train station. So when we got off, we had somebody waiting with, you know, the Sith sign. So that was pretty cool. She spoke English, which was 
amazing. Most everybody spoke English there, uh, but it's always best to try to speak Italian if you can. I did okay. Like I could understand people, like things they were saying, but I couldn't respond, which is pretty normal. I mean, I can't remember anything normally. So just the fact that I could at least understand some of what people were saying was a lot helpful. Um, we got picked up by the private boat. Um, so it was like a water taxi and our hotel uh, had a private dock. So that was awesome. Cause if not, you would have to go to the nearest dock and then walk over to your hotel. But ours had its own private dock. So it was fabulous. And obviously it was early and our check-in wasn't until two o'clock. So we, they accommodated us by taking our luggage and told us they'd see us at two o'clock, like enjoy sightseeing. So we got on just started wandering through to see if we can maybe get like some lunch later or whatever. So before we started walking around, we <clears throat> saw all of these beautiful fruit markets. You guys, I can't even tell you about the markets out here. Everything is fresh. Everything is vibrant. Everything is, uh, the seafood like, Oh my God. Well, obviously they're surrounded by sea, but let me tell you, it just seeing that much fresh food, and just, it was overwhelming. The colors are different. The smells are different. Um, it's really a shame having, in all honesty, like I'm happy to go back to the States, but I'm not happy because I know the food situation is going to be crap again. And so, you know, that's something that's a serious situation um, that a lot of people don't give enough attention to. So we wound up staying at this little cafe. I uh, had some lemonata, um, which is really good. Everything here is freaking organic, so it doesn't even matter. Um, I mean, unless you're going to McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? And there is like a McDonald's like all over, like there's a McDonald's everywhere and a Burger King. And from what we've seen, Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is kind of weird, I thought. Um, so... We had lemonade and just kind of looked around because to me, the more we rested our feet, the better. And then we came up with the idea, uh, Mr. Sith, when I say we, it's Mr. Sith, came up with the idea that we were going to get um, passes for the water taxis so we can just jump on. So the Vaporettos. So those are basically, it's like a bus, but it's on water. And you can jump on and off depending on where you're at, okay? Except that the one that we normally went to, and we... Uh, here, before I jump into that, we were um, getting some great sights in because that, that is the best place if you can get outside. First off, Vaporettos are super, super busy. And in rush hour, when the locals are going home or during market time, when they're out shopping, it can be a little bit of a disaster. So I had mentioned in some of my social media posting that it's like taking Chicago uh, transit right? Like CTA. It's like taking those buses, except it's on water. So it's rocking and you have to either step up or down into the boat, depending on the time of the day with the water tides. So you might have to step way deep down into it or have to step way up to get out of it. It's crazy. Um, but the piers, like the bus stations, the Vaporetto stations, they're actual docks. They're floating piers, per se, so that it could accommodate the tides when the water rises and lowers. 
So this kind of makes sense, right? Because like, how the hell are you going to get into it if your whole station is like underwater? But that was something getting used to that kind of did a number on my knees. I'm not going to lie. Our hotel in itself, uh, we hadn't booked in yet. So we were just traveling around, just looking all over. And we stopped and wanted to try uh, just a bunch of different foods, right? So we just, you know, I'm trying to remember like all this stuff. So we decided that we were going to get uh, chiquetti. So chiquetti is what they do during Aperol time right? There's Aperol. So there's a time of the day, which I feel like people drink all day here in Europe, all day. They did it in Austria, they did it in Slovakia, um, and they do it in Italy as well. So it's not uncommon for there to be like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and people are drinking. Um, it's a different kind of drinking than in the States. Um, obviously it's a little more relaxed attitude. Um, but I also think they have a different, um, approach at it. Are there drunks here? There probably is. I mean, there definitely wasn't Slovakia and there definitely wasn't Austria, but, um, I just think overall there was a different, different mentality behind drinking. So we went to this place that we had seen online and mind you, we're, we're jumping on these vaporettos and just getting on and going to the closest places to things that we've seen so we could take pictures. And while you're on the water, you could take great pictures of everything around you, um, and we got really lucky with seats. So we found this place that we went to, uh, that we found online that had amazing chiquetti. And it was actually located across um, a canal from one of the pl few places that remain that repair gondolas. So it was kind of cool. It's like one of the originals. So it was awesome to see kind of like that history, but at the same time, eating some amazing food. Now, Venice is known, obviously, for seafood, and I was told not to get pizza there because fire isn't allowed on the island. Um, smart, right? So everything is made in an oven, which you can get anywhere. Um, but yeah, oh, let me tell you about this chiquetti. So chiquetti is like little pieces of bread or little soupli or arancini, uh, uh, like fried almost like little square rect or rectangle pieces of cheese with prosciutto or ham in it. Um, arancini, for those of you who don't know, the different risotto rice balls could be stuffed with different things. They could have tomato, they could have cheese, they could have peas, they can have artichokes. It depends on just who's making it, right, and where you're at. And then we had ones that had prosciutto and cheese on it, shrimp and pomodoro, which is... Uh, tomato, uh, little sandwiches. Sometimes they're huge sandwiches, octopus. Uh, uh, one of the best one was a tuna. It was like, uh, like tuna fish, like you would get in a can at home. It's a, this was actual like tuna fish and it had caramelized onions on top. It was delicious. They also had, um, these like little meatballs that were so tender. It was like minced inside almost and deep fried, but they were served almost at a room temperature, uh, just slightly warm, but not like warm, but you know what I'm saying? Like if it was just like a really hot day and you left them out in the sun, it was a perfect temperature. And then they also had bacala, which I love and a lot of people like, but it's salt cod. I've never had salt cod like this before you guys. I mean, 
it was so creamy, almost like a marshmallow creamy. And just a hint, sometimes salt cod can be overly salty, obviously, a little too much, but this, it was perfect. It was delicious. And the bread, don't even get me started. And let's talk about the bread, okay? So I have a gluten intolerance, um, celiac, um, and it is non-existent out here. I have had, this is going to be TMI right now, I've had zero gastro issues. I'm having solid poops for people who want to know. I'm able to drink coffee without issues and I'm able to have cheese without issues because sometimes cheese back home will also give me gastro issues. So, you know, I think it's kind of a shame, but it is what it is. So we're on our way and we're trying to get back to the hotel, right? It's time for check-in. We stopped at this another cafe and we decided to get a gelato. So I got this like salted caramel coffee gelato. So not affogato, but it was delicious. Uh, Mr. Sith got the panacata with uh, a fresh fruit and Peter got the pistachio and chocolate gelato. It was so good. And then we're like, hey, and everything is on water. So it's fabulous. Unless you're inside, right? But we were kind of sticking to the outskirts so we can have the nice view. But we're like, we got to go home now, right? So we go to go home. And uh, what we didn't know at the time, Mr. Sith, was that there, <laughs> one of the lines was down because of construction in that part of the canal, right? They were working on something. And that is the one that took us right to the Rialto, which is where our hotel was. So yes, our hotel was just off the Rialto bridge. Um, can I tell you how much of an inconvenience this was? We literally two and a half hours just driving around in boats and walking until finally I'm like, I'm going to lose my shit. Like we need to just get a boat and get on it and just have them drop us off at the pier, which is what we did because I was like, I, we are not even doing anything. We're just trying to get back to the hotel at this point. We were supposed to check in at two. I will tell you, it was like four 30. <laughs> I was like, okay, we've now officially seen the whole fucking Island. Fabuloso. Then we check into our room. Can I just tell you the room was beautiful. So it was a long room, kind of historic. I put pictures up. Uh, it had a huge glass chandelier that was like this purple lavender color to match the tapestried walls. So the walls were actually, I thought were wallpaper, but it actually, when you felt it, it was a tapestry and it was like a deep purple, but it was super beautiful. And the view was knockout. I did some reels on it. It was amazing. We were right at the grand canal. Absolutely fabulous. Um, we got pasta that night to go. I know that sounds weird, but they have a place called I Love Italy. I know that sounds crazy, but it actually is a local spot. And I love uh, Tagliatelle. Yeah. And I got those noodles with a, a hot sauce. Like it's called like Amitricicinia. Oh, my God. I suck at all this. Um, Carl got a pesto. And shocker, Peter got four cheese. Peter also watched Bluey in every language in every country we've been in. He's always watched, he's already watched Bluey in like German and now he's watching it in Italian. And I'm like, hey, whatever, you know, the episodes, why not? 
So we slept good that night. Um, the room was very accommodating. It was very quiet at night when we shut the windows. Um, it was a very nice hotel. I'm not going to lie. And that's Lakanda Leon Bianca, family owned, their own pair, um, super affordable uh, for the area and the view that it had. And it was right across the street from the Rialto Market. So you can take a gondola, just a short walk. It was like maybe a three-minute walk down the, the side, the streets, to get to the uh, gondolas that take you just across the canals. So there's ones that give you the rides, and then there's the vaporettos that take you, and then there's the water taxis who take you along the canals. But if you just want to get from one side to the other side, there are the gondolas that are specifically set up for that that go across. And it was like, like one or how many how many euro was that, Mr. Sith? Like two euro per person. That's not bad, right? You just jump on and go across. That's one coin. Uh, our uh, hotel served uh, a very nice breakfast in the morning. It was nice. We we literally ate every day by ourselves, except for one day. Uh, there was a couple that joined us and they came in, ate, and then left. Uh, done. Boom, boom, boom. So we essentially ate in the breakfast room ourselves. You got to reserve it. Um, like you can reserve from like 8 to 9, 9 to 10, and 10 to 11. We did 9 to 10, and it was fabulous. Um, what else did we do? So we did the gondola ride when we went across. We looked at some shops. That's uh, when we, the next day is when we went to the Rialto Market. This is when I lost my mind completely with the seafood selection here. Snails, cod, skate, uh, bass, everything you could possibly think of, salmon, octopus, calamari, clams, mussels. It, it was overwhelming the amount of freshness. And, you know, again, it's out and open for you to look at. And then you tell the fishmonger, whomever, what you want, and they get it for you. Yeah, there's a story behind that. Um it was just really, really nice seeing all of the fresh fruit at the markets. Now, mind you, the fruit here doesn't look anything like it does over there. I mean, you can identify it, but let's just talk about peaches right now. Their peaches are like flat and they're, you know, that traditional, like almost yellow and red peach color, but they're flat like a cipollini uh, onion. You know what I'm talking about? The Italian onions that are like smushed. They're like wide rather than round. That's what their peaches look like. So we were going to get some peaches, Mr. Sith and I. Peter wanted blueberries. So <clears throat> the lady was standing there and I went to reach for a pear, a peach. And I got yelled at to not touch the fruit. So it is customary out here, which makes sense after you know, all the last two years of COVID and all that garbage. Um, you don't touch the fruit. You just tell them what you want and they will put it in a bag for you and then charge you at the end. Um, so needless to say, we ate the fruit. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Number one, the pit and these peaches were like the size of a marble instead of those big, hefty, nasty ones that we get in the States. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. But there, I've never had a peach that tasted like this before. It was super juicy. Like when you bit into it, you had to do like, for those of you from Chicago, you had to do the beef stance. So you had to like lean over when you bit into it so that you didn't get the drip. Um, 
and the skin on these, that was what was remarkable to me. The skin was like tissue paper. Whereas I feel like the ones back home in the States, when you bite them, they're like, sometimes you can't even chew them. It's like chewing like a piece of like velvet cloth, you know, and I wound up just taking it out and just throwing it out at the house. I, sometimes they're, the skin is so thick, I can peel them in the States. That's pretty disgusting. And they have no taste whatsoever. So it was nice seeing all of the different fruits in the shops, all the glass shops from the, all of that. Uh, we also saw uh, something that has been on a bucket list of mine for some time, and that's uh, Cafe Florian. So Cafe Florian is the oldest cafe, running cafe, like it has been fully operational um, in Italy. Is it the, the oldest in the, like in the world? No, as a matter of fact. So fifth, I think Cafe Florian has been running since 16, I could be wrong, I'm trying to pull this out of my ass right now. I think it's been fully operational since 1670, even through the wars. And to get in there and sit down and order something, and if you order food, mind you, that comes from a different building that is like a mile down, this common knowledge. And they literally will make it at that place and somebody will cart it back and forth. They run it back and forth. It's insane. Um, because the building doesn't accommodate that stuff. They also have, um, we sat in the, um, the 10 great men room, which I was hoping to do. And it happened by accident. We just sat first place we could sit. Um, but there are little plaques of the 10 great men of Venice, essentially. So that was kind of cool. We got to sit in a historic room as well. And, uh, I got an iced coffee. Mr. Carl got, uh, what'd you get Carl? He don't remember because he's Carl. He don't know what he did after he drank it. He has no idea. And Carl had our oh, Peter. Oh, he had the hazelnut coffee. He remembered. Thank you. And then Peter had uh, a, the, these lemonatas. They're so good. These lemon sodas out here are fabulous. And they're very, like, thirst quenching. I want to get some today for the house before we leave because I know we're not going to have them at home. But we looked around. We went to St. Mark's uh, Square, of course. Uh, took some pictures of the cathedral, um, looked more around through the canals, walking around. Uh, Peter had a great time. The pigeons just loved Pete. Uh, it was interesting. We saw, you know, they have the Venetian masks here. And th they had steampunk masks, which is, I find the masks creepy as it is. But the steampunk ones were even creepier. And I have some friends I know that love steampunk, so I took pictures of them, and I was like, Oh, go look. I thought you'd like this picture. Um, but we just walked around and looked at just all of the stuff. Um, and I'm just going through. We did eat in another place that was, I forget what the name of this. I think it was called Barrera. Barraria. I don't even know. I suck at this. Um, oh my gosh. It was a little place like all these places are like little holes, okay? And you have to get into them. We got super lucky and only waited like a minute before um, a, a family got up and we were able to grab a table. But they also had, it was during operative, 
time the next day. So we were like, let's do this. We don't have an Aperol spritz before we leave. So Aperol is apparently like an orange liqueur. And they serve it with, I believe it's uh, Prosecco and like a carbonated water. Uh, you know, the mineral water or some, some sort of sparkling water. And then they serve it with a wedge of orange and an olive. It was super good. Like so good that Peter tasted it and he liked it as well. That's how good it was. But we also had some uh, chiclete there as well. Peter had a sandwich and we had the little uh, prosciutto cheese sandwiches. And their bread here is sort of like pizza bread. It's like having pizza, but it's on both sides, just the crust part, but not hard crust. It's crispy, but it's soft. It's hard to explain. It's delicious. But they have little selections of all different kinds of sandwiches that you can get and whatnot. And then we left because Carl winds up looking over behind the like little counter in this cafe that we're at, and they're serving Goose Island beer, which for those of you who don't know, I mean, Goose Island's a, a national, obviously, it's an international brand, but it's pretty nationally known in the States, but it is from Chicago. So we thought it was so strange that they would have Goose Island beer in Venice, but whatever. So Mr. Sith ordered one of those, and I asked him how it was, and he said, horrible, and I'm like, why'd you get it? Um, we had a great time, though. We took more pictures, looked all around, uh, lots of water taxis. I'm telling you, the best thing to do if you ever go to Venice is just get a ticket for the Vaporettos, the bus, the water buses for the time you're there and just take them everywhere. Get some gelato, get off, explore that area, get back on, go someplace else, explore that area. That really saved us a ton. Cannolis, yeah, cannolis are big there and they're like literally the size of your arm. It's ridiculous. Um, it was a good time. We really did have a good time when we were in Venice. Uh, we wound up <clears throat> trying to think of another food, like food, food, food. We've just been eating and walking, eating and walking, eating and walking. So before we left Venice on our final night, we were only there for three days. Um, we wound up getting, um, we wanted to go to a traditional restaurant and really sit down and have a nice meal. So Peter, I wound up having uh, the tagliatelle noodle again. I'm addicted to that, you guys. And I had basically the crawfish, uh, or I don't know what else they would call it, like shrimp crawfish. Okay, they're really big. And uh, it was amazing. Uh, Mr. Sith had the tuna, and it was perfectly cooked. Um, for those of you who don't know, when you get tuna, it should be almost rare in the middle. If it's not, don't eat it. And he had like a little tamponade of like dipping sauce next to it that was olive oil and capers. It looked fabulous. And Peter got the fried fish. So he had some fried veggies, fried shrimp, and it was all in that light crusted. Um, it wasn't a heavy batter. It was a very light liquid batter. But uh, shrimp, I'm trying to think what it was. Shrimp, uh, sardines, calamari, and octopus. Absolutely wonderful. We asked him which one was his favorite. And he told us it was the octopus. And then we told him it was octopus. And he was like, ew, I ate all those. And I'm like, yeah, so you can't be that disturbed because you ate them all. Know what I'm saying? Uh, next day, uh, we, we packed up, had a really good night's sleep. 
took some last minute picks out the window. It was truly a magical experience. I will tell you that uh, Venice is my favorite place. And you know, that's interesting because I did not think it would be my favorite place. I thought Rome would be my favorite, but we'll talk about more than that. I think I'm gonna have to do a two part series on Rome because obviously we were here for a week and um, there's just a lot I wanna talk about with Rome. I, I'm actually like Rome really surprised me. Let's just put it that way. Um, in good ways and in bad ways. So we had our nice big breakfast before we left and we, uh, our hotel, we ordered a water taxi after our breakfast to take us downstairs. Now, can I just tell you this Lacando, uh, Lacanda Leon Bianca, this hotel was obviously in a building that is old. Okay. And Peter counted and then Mr. Sith fact checked him. Um, there were 47 stairs, like marble stone stairs that I had to walk up to at the end of every freaking day. Like, fuck me, right? And um, this Enrico, Enrico, the guy, the owners, okay, he's literally ran up and down those with my suitcase. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But he literally ran. Peter's like, why is he running? Because he can. That's why. <laughs> I'd be running down these stairs if I could too. Um, but he ran down. And for all of my single ladies, um, Enrico was good looking. So, like, it's not a bad thing to be staying in a hotel where you get, like, eye candy every morning. Um, it, he, I don't know. The Italians are just good looking people, period. Um, you could tell locals from like visitors without any problems whatsoever by how they dress. It's totally true. And I know that a lot of like Instagrammers and all of these influencers are like, what not to do? This is the best whatever. And then I'm looking at this restaurant online and I'm like, who would eat there? Uh, I'll tell you who, an influencer who doesn't walk off the beaten path unless it's a block off the beaten path. And then they think that's off the beaten path. It's really been disturbing to see some of these videos about how you know, you have to eat here, you have to go there, and you can even see them when you're here. You know, they're the token person who's the only person wearing high heels and a long flowing dress with her, you know, tagging along their boyfriend or whatever to take pictures of them on the side of whatever. And everyone's just like, basically in like shorts and like travel gear with gym shoes. No one wears those kind of shoes in Italy. It's very, very when we were in Venice, everyone had gym shoes on because you have to get in and out of boats. You have to get through cobblestone streets. You have to go up and down stairs all day. Nobody, ain't nobody got time for that. And if it was a shoe that wasn't a sneaker, it was a smart shoe. You know what I'm saying? Nobody was wearing like Prada. Just saying. They might be wearing Prada somewhere, but they weren't wearing Prada in Venice. I'm just saying. I'm not saying they never do but they weren't wearing it to get around every day. So we had a nice breakfast before we left. We took a water taxi to the Termini station. Um, it, no, not Termini station, to the uh, Santa Lucia station in Venice. And we waited for our, basically the fast train, basically, uh, to take us from Venice to Rome. And so that, that was interesting because we had booked the tickets all at once, obviously, 
And when we actually looked at the tickets, when we got the emails and stuff, there were two seats together in business class. And then the other seat was in another car in business class. And it was Peter's seat. And I'm like, okay, my kid's not sitting in another thing. And then I'm like, I was angry for like a hot 10 seconds. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This might actually be a godsend. So I actually sat in that seat by myself for that three and a half, four hour ride so that I can like recharge my batteries without Peter and Carl. Not going to lie. It is what it is. And so Carl and Pete sat in the other car um, and business class was very nice. Uh, seats were very spacious. There's bathrooms that were clean and big on the train. Uh, they served a beverage. They served um, a little box, like a little, you know, lunch box of sandwich and uh, crackers. And they do things different here. So it was, it's always some sort of ham and cheese. And um, and then they had like, uh, the, there's always like these little rosemary crackers. Peter's been eating those. Like rosemary crackers are big out here. And then I believe there was like water, um, some pineapple juice, it was just, you know, simple, but enough to get you through the train. You know what I mean? Because we'd already ate a breakfast. And so, yeah, and it has Wi-Fi. So Trent Italia, the train stations, uh, that train line has really good internet. We were fine until we got, uh, we had stops. And then uh, when we got to the final stop, it was going to be on the super train mode straight into uh, Termini, into Rome. And when that happened... We kept getting kicked off, both Mr. Sith and I kept getting kicked off our Wi-Fi. So I just basically used it to read my book and try to take pictures out the window, which was very difficult because it, we were going so damn fast. Like every time you thought to take a picture, like another like thing came by. But Pete enjoyed being on that train. And uh, that brought us into Termini. And so... We wound up getting into Rome, and from there, uh, we got out of the station. It's super busy. You knew as soon as you got off, you were in a big city, like big time. Um, and that's where we'll end on here. I'll throw in some personal stuff for you guys. Uh, my sister has been watching my house uh, with her daughters have been stopping in and out because they're old enough to be on their own as well. And take care of their house. And she has essentially like mowed and maintained and weeded my entire backyard, which is huge for those of you who follow me on social media. Also, she's trimmed trees. <laughs> like what? So she's trimming trees. And then she surprised me uh, the other day, last night. I don't know. Yesterday, I believe. I don't know what day it is anymore. And she told me that she had a friend come. And those of you who follow me on Social media know that when we first moved into this home about, well, we've been in there six years this December, but about a year and a half in, my neighbor started a fire that he shouldn't have in his fire pit on a windy day, and he burned my fence down. Uh, like, it scared the shit out of us because it, it spread so quickly along the whole back end. So my yard um, backs up to a farm, but they're on the side of me because they're on a cul-de-sac. So he was at the back left of my yard and that fence is what caught and it ripped all the way around the back of my lot and almost started coming down the right side of the lot of the fencing and needless to say that uh 
after repeated attempts and insurance companies reaching out to whatever of him not even responding, uh, the fence has never been fixed. We'll get it fixed eventually, but I didn't burn it down, so it wasn't my top priority. Long story shorter, longer, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we, um, there are portions of it missing that we just removed because it was an eyesore and falling down. And there are burnt and charred pieces that have come off from the bottom. So the dog, Chica at the time, always needed to be, because she's a runner and she's a hunter. And I don't want her to be chasing her through the farm behind us. But when we got Buster, now it's become a little bit of an issue because obviously he's still in training. He's only eight months old, but he's a big dog. So you got to get, I can't, we can't hook him up to the chain, you know, the lead on the deck anymore. Because when he runs, because he's chasing something and he goes too far, when he yanks on the lead, it shakes the whole deck and the deck isn't in that great of a shape either because people before us were DIYers that really sucked at what they did um, and cut corners everywhere. So I'm pretty sure he's just going to pull our damn deck down one day if we don't get him off. So what we did was, is we decided that we were going to um, just have to basically get him in the yard, like just get a big stake and get the leads for the actual yard, which means we'll have to walk out, which is fine. Obviously, it's much more convenient to have the leads sitting right back by your slider to let somebody off. But uh, my sister got a friend of our family and uh, got some boarding of some kind and uh, cut it all to order and basically filled up all of the back holes so that the, the fen were fenced in again. And then on the parts that it was charred, he put up chicken wire or some sort of fencing so that um, the little dog can't get out. And then there were a few other places on the side where there were just like uh, pieces missing um, every now and then, you know, and that those were fixed as well. So I'm like, are you kidding me right now? She's like, so your whole backyard, now you can let the dogs loose. This is like a huge thing because that's going to allow Buster to just run around like a fool, get a lot of energy out without me having to be out there untying him because we have deck furniture out and we're talking a hundred plus pound dog now and he's eight months old and my sister's like, Denise, he went around the table and then ran after something and the whole table like almost moved off the deck. Like he brought it all with him. I'm like, oh my God. Um, so that's no bueno, right? But I thought that was awesome to do. So that's one thing I keep remembering. I, I, we got to get her like something nice from here. I have an idea what it's going to be. And I know she doesn't listen. So I think I'm going to pick her up some limoncello and bring it home. She deserves some limoncello. It's delicious out here. Um, that's about it. So I will be back next week and probably do two episodes. Yeah, I'm committing to two episodes on Rome. And you'll see why when you listen to those. Oh my gosh, guys. Again, I really thank you guys for listening. Um, it's been quite an adventure and I appreciate you guys coming with me and for everybody who's been following on social media, that means everything to me as well. So go ahead and follow, do all the things you need to do. Don't forget Pete's got stuff going up too. Until next week, lead with kindness.